When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. It's good to be back with you this week as we are inching our way closer to the NFL Draft, which at the time of this recording is only about 22 days away. I'm your host, Wittlewit, and I'm joined by three of my Bears brothers as I have Brandon Hazlett, Nicholas Moriano, and Will Ingles here with me today making his debut. And Will, and I need to know uh, right now at the top of the show, every time I'm going to refer to you, I'm going to really feel like I'm talking in third person. Uh, but you're a linebacker at Augustana College. You're a regular contributor to our site. You host your own Bears podcast, too. Do you want to take a moment, introduce yourself to our listeners? Uh, did I miss anything? Yep. Um, I'm a linebacker at Augustana College, the D3 school. Uh, you might recognize one of our alumni, Ken Anderson, uh, former quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, played in a really good Super Bowl against Joe Montana. Um, I'm a journalism major at Augustana. Uh, this is my junior year and uh, love writing Bears content. And like you said, I'm a contributor to the site and uh, really love being involved with the guys. Can't So excited to be on the show. Yeah, you've been around since January, and I've been thrilled to have you on our team. Really, everybody who's joined us, they've just been nothing short than fantastic. And real quick, before we actually get started the show, I want to let you know you can follow Will over on Twitter, at Will Ingles. Uh, and on top of that, it's uh, W-I-L-L-I-N-G-A-L-L-S. And Brandon and Nick, I didn't forget about you guys. Uh, how's your week been? Anything interesting you like to share? Brandon, how's your toe? Uh, it hurts. So if it looks like I'm like in pain throughout the entire show, it's because I am. <laughs> Yeah, so you uh, maybe broke it, you think? Yeah, uh, I was at work today, and I'm taking out a door frame mm-hmm. doing demolition project, because that's always fun, right? Get to bang through walls and stuff like that. And then uh had my, my pry bar up there in the door frame, getting ready to pull it out, but I had to switch hands because I had my hammer in the wrong hand, and the pry bar dropped from the top of the door frame onto my toe. And it's all sorts of blue, so you can call me Smurf B, I guess. <laughs> Smurf B. There you go, Nick. I know you got your stitches out, and I'm really nervous because you got hurt last week, Brandon uh, this week, right now, and I'm nervous for what's coming up my way. You know, everything happens in threes. Uh, oh, seems yeah. Like the totem pole, but how are you feeling, man? I'm doing great. I just showed you guys that video of me just getting leveled and where I got these stitches from playing basketball, and uh, you guys enjoyed it. It was a pretty good hit, right? 
Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, no, but other than that, it's been great. Awesome. That's glad to hear. Yeah, so we have a full house today, which is great because we do have a ton to get to. So here's today's agenda. We're going to go ahead and just to discuss phase one of the Bears offseason program, which kicked off yesterday. We're also going to mention Brian Urlacher's decision to have Bob Babbage to be his presenter when he's inducted and canted this August. And we're actually going to react to some really recent news about Jordan Howard and his Instagram. Then we're going to reflect on the last few months, talk about what we believe are the Bears' five best moves this offseason to date. Afterward, we're going to go around the horn and each share a move that we will hope will happen before this offseason is all said and done. And finally, we're going to go ahead and answer a round of questions submitted by fellow Bears fans. So I know I'm ready. You guys ready to go ahead and get started? Let's do Absolutely. It. Awesome. So before we get into our planned segments, like I said, there's some weird situation brewing, it seems like, with Jordan Howard. It came to my attention right before we, 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 right before we went live that he deleted all of his Bears images from his Instagram account. I mean, I don't think anyone really knows what this means, but I've only seen stuff like this during like a bad breakup between two people. So do you guys have a similar, maybe bad feeling about this? Nick, I'm going to let you begin. You know, I mean, it could be the worst case scenario. The Bears traded Jordan Howard. He's, you know, deleting all his Bears stuff, Bears uh, memories and anything like that. Or it could just be like, you know, who, who hasn't taken a bad bathroom selfie with shades, aka I did like way <laughs> back in the day that you just want to get rid of. Fresh start, right? But Hopefully, well, we'll see what ends up happening. But that is strange that everything that Jordan Howard had on Instagram, don't know exactly what that was, is now gone. Yeah, it's really, really, really odd. Again, it's a lot of speculation. We try not to do a lot of speculating on the show, um, but it's something that I think we at least need to mention. Well, what about you, Will? What's your gut telling you here? You know, we talked pre-show that even if this is something that is worth paying attention to, which I think it's at least, at least worth keeping an eye on, that nothing is likely going to happen here until about draft time. Because if Your heart health is the foundation of your body's performance. So if you want to stay at your peak, your heart has to do the same. Cocovia delivers the level of cocoflavanols clinically proven to increase circulation, promoting healthy blood pressure and a strong heart. Boost your cardiovascular health and stay peak with Cocovia at cocovia.com. That's C-O-C-O-A-V-I-A dot com. And now during Heart Health Month, save 20% with coupon code CVHEART20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. If you were to trade Jordan Howard, one can only expect it's for draft capital, and that might be packaged with uh, for Ryan Pace to make some moves up or down in the draft. So, you know, regardless of whether we think this is something to uh, be worried about, be concerned about, you know, sit tight because I don't think anything's going to move anytime soon. Yeah, what about you, B? Anything else you want to speculate here on? The plot thickens. The plot does thicken. I mean, it started all the way at training camp, and here we are again, you know, just a month and a half later, and seems like maybe something's brewing here. We'll see. I mean, uh, I saw someone tweeted on uh, right before we went live. He said, you know, Ryan Pace can either make a big move, he can strike out, or nothing can happen out of this. So it's all very three valid uh, ways this can go. We'll definitely keep you updated as anything happens. Of course, if the Bears trade Jordan Howard after this show, we're going to be back live soon after just to talk about it because that's a big move that warrants a special show. But here we go. Let's go ahead and get into our planned topics and phase one of the offseason. It began on Tuesday. And for those wondering what that might entail, um, I just want to let you know, it's like four hours a day. It's two weeks. Um, it's limited to pretty much his strength and conditioning activities um, and about 90 minutes max on the field. And players have about two hours where they can choose their own kind of workout. And then there's another two hours. That it's a little bit more planned with the team. And on top of that, and probably more importantly, this is the first time that coach Nagy, he has spoken in front of this bears team. And the first time as a head coach talking to his players, 
on top of that, Mitch Trubisky, he finally gets that new playbook in his hands. And speaking of Nagy's speech, I just want to go ahead and share a quote from Sam Acho about it, uh, that the Bears PR department went ahead and came out yesterday. Because we haven't got a lot out of this, right? We haven't heard uh, really what was said. Uh, we don't get a lot of insight here. They keep this very intimate, very close. But uh, Sam Macho, he said, you know, hearing Coach Nagy's message this morning was just unbelievable. He talked about obsession obsessing over winning, obsessing over being a great teammate, obsessing over doing the best you could possibly do. And that's what really, uh, that's what got me really fired up. And I want to note that obsession has been a theme for Nagy ever since his, his arrival. But uh, Will, I'm going to go over to you first. Is there anything else that you like maybe want to mention about this message? Does it fire you up like it does me? It's a breath of fresh air. And I think that's what uh, a common theme for Bears fans throughout this offseason. You know, it's not the typical John Foxberry Closed-lipped, uh, quiet uh, demeanor, not going to get a lot out of him. His pretty monotone for the most part. But, you know, with uh, Negi, you're going to get so much more. And that's been prevalent from the very first day he was signed on with the Bears. It's a breath of fresh air that I see. And I think the team's going to take to this. And we're going to see him much more inspired and, uh, you know, a little token Ryan Pace fired up. Yeah, exactly. Fired up. What would uh, Nagy like to say is juiced. I mean, I feel a little juiced right now, but how about you, Nick? Uh, one message I kind of saw out of that is like, you know, obsession about being great. So about the details that we all know Nagy likes, but on top of that, accountability, playing for the man next to you. Did you get that as well? Oh, definitely. I think that's what Nagy wants to bring to this culture now. This, that's what the Bears are going to be about. Whatever happened in the last regime, leave that there. That's now what's going to come and be a part of the Bears now. So I think he's just establishing that from up front. You know, first day they get the, the workout offseason programs, wants to establish that. And I think that needs to be done in the very first day. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Trey Burton, he actually chimed in too a little bit more about this. He's talked about uh, Coach Nagy being really fired up, that he's excited to be here, and that he knows that we have a really good chance to quote-unquote have a good season. Brandon, uh, do you believe that this kind of regime coming in already telling the guys like, hey, we have what it takes to have a good season? Uh, is that something that is like uh, what Will mentioned, a fresh breath here to you? Oh, absolutely. And I got a story later that ties into this. Uh, but I just kind of want to counter Nick's point a little bit, what he was saying about what happened in the old regime stays there. It kind of sounds like with the obsession thing uh, that Nagy wants to keep things centered around football, which is kind of what John Fox did, which is why him and Martellus Bennett didn't exactly get along that first year that uh, John Fox was in Chicago because Bennett had other things with his book that he wanted to do. That's why they didn't get along and Bennett ended up uh, leaving Chicago. So some things stay. The obsession stays. I think it's to a to a different level, though. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, guys. So that's all I really have about his message. Again, we didn't really get a lot out of it, but something else I've noticed, at least through the Bears' uh, social media presence, that a lot of the players, they just seem genuinely excited to be there, especially Mitchell Trubisky. You know, he's like, you know, he's excited to be here. You see the big smile on his face. And of course, uh, that puts one on mine as well. But do you guys have anything else in terms of uh, just phase one, in terms of what we saw from the players, heard from them? I know Alan Robinson tweeted that he felt like a, he was a kid waking up for the first day of school. Any of want to have anything else they want to chime in on here? Not really. So excited. Jordan Howard's so excited to delete all of his photos. But someone actually put in the group <laughs> chat that he did that five days ago. I, I don't know if that's true, but I mean, going back to that Jordan Howard thing. But uh, no, that's all I got. All right, cool. We can move on to a couple people that uh, some contract situations, because as you know, we like to strive to keep you up to date with every team transaction. And there were a couple that have happened over the last couple of days. And the first one was the re-signing of Benny Cunningham. And the Bears third back, he's returning for another year in Chicago. Looking at his stats last year, you know, those nine rushes, 30 yards, not really enticing on the ground, but where he kind of made his living was uh, through the area. 20 catches, 240 yards, and two scores. You have to imagine that uh, Negging Company, they're going to find a way to get him 
more involved in that aerial attack. So, Will, I'm going to let you begin. Uh, your thoughts on Benny resigning? You know, as much as Benny Cunningham is an option out of the backfield in the receiving game, I think we would be remiss not to mention that he is a very good special teamer. I mean, we have guys like Sherry McManus who kind of steal the show in regards to being the Bears' special team ace, as some would like to say. But uh, he definitely made a lot of his impact on special teams. You, If you want to look at the splash plays, he had a great punt fake against uh, the Vikings on Monday Night Football, the game at Soldier Field. I mean, he just allows you to do so much because he is a really versatile player. And like you said, out of the backfield, that's an option for him. He's really viable in those two-minute drill situations, which we saw a lot towards the latter half of the season. But like you said, I think – the Bears can use that as an option to use him out of the backfield in those two-minute situations, and I imagine that's why they brought him back. Sure, Nick. What about you? What are your thoughts on this whole Benny uh, coming back? Does it surprise you at all? No, I, I thought Benny Cunningham should be on this team. Again, uh, we've talked about it before. Because Jordan Howard isn't the best uh pass catching running back and three cones just not the biggest guy you put Benny Cunningham on there on third down so where he is a capable back who can pass block and who's capable of catching the ball out of the backfield and like you said Will um he is a good special teams contributor he actually last season was on 54 percent of the snap so he's not just a guy that can only contribute on third downs as that running back but he can also be a, a big factor in on the special team so yeah I thought it was a smart move for the Bears and we'll see what ends up happening with this Jordan Howard news. But yeah, Benny Cunningham, I, I thought they would bring him back. Awesome. And Brandon, I'm going to get to you in a bit about another signing, because as you know, you are our trenches guy. And even though it might not be the largest of news, uh, one of the other pieces of information that came out is that the Bears have signed uh, free agent guard Earl Watford. He spent his previous four seasons in Arizona. And my first reaction when I saw the news, like, OK, here's a guy that the team's bringing in to be like that bottom depth up front. And I took a look at PFF just to kind of see where he was. His grades weren't pretty. They're like in the 40s uh, throughout his years. Um, but just looking at last year, he played uh, at least based off of their account, 351 passing snaps, and he gave up four sacks, 21 total pressures. And just to compare with Josh Sitton, who we know is you know an all-pro, a perennial pro bowler, he played 10 more snaps than Watford, but he gave up half the amount of both sacks and pressures, only two and 12 respectively. But uh, Brandon, what's your quick analysis of the Watford signing? I think it's really just going to be a death piece because like you said, the PFF grades aren't the prettiest. Uh, and He may not even stick around. Uh, till the end of camp. I mean, who knows? I expect the Bears to take another offensive lineman or two to try and find a way to fill the Josh Sitton void that the, uh, the le aging left guard had uh, when he left. So that's really just kind of all I'm looking at this at. I'm not digging into it too deep because, like you said, his PFF grades aren't pretty. He gave up four sacks. It's, I think they can definitely do better, but it's definitely a piece that they're going to bring in and try and get him to compete. Yeah, exactly. Just another body to bring in a camp, another veteran presence. See if he sticks, see if he can beat out some of the other guys. Uh, we'll still have to see exactly how Jordan Morgan plays out in this whole situation. But and another one, go ahead, go ahead. I was saying, who knows, maybe Harry Highstand can get the most out of him since he is looked at in regards to the best offensive line coach in the nation. So. Yeah, that's another very valid point. And guys, another one that came out uh, just a few short hours ago with is was uh, Josh Bellamy, and he signed his tender. Does anyone want to mention anything about Josh Bellamy? I mean, we've talked about him a couple times throughout the offseason. I think we know what we get out of Done. Josh at this point, right? Done. Yeah, there's there's nothing worth mentioning, I think, <laughs> personally. But yeah. I, I love the I love the tone you had there, Nick. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm so I'm gl I'm glad that we have Josh Bellamy on our team, especially when he plays wide receiver. 
Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, if he's out there playing receiver for what his third, fourth straight year, then we have a serious problem. There's no way to see any snaps on offense. He should just be a strictly uh, playing in this team in a special teams capacity. But all right, that's enough on Josh Bellamy. And I want to go ahead to some bigger and better news. And that's Brian Nurlacher. He selected Bob Babbage to be his presenter in Canton this August. And since we're all going to be there, I figured we should go ahead and share our reaction to this choice. I personally thought it was going to be someone like a Lovey Smith, but Nurlacher went with Babbage who he said, quote, felt like professionally he got the most out of me. He challenged me every day, whether it was in meetings, walkthroughs, or practice. He got the most out of me and Lance and everyone in that linebacker room. And Bob Babbage, he said that this is a, quote, unquote, humbling experience and that he's honored to have coached him and to be chosen as his presenter. Babbage and Riker, too, they work together. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Throughout the majority of Lack's career from 2004 all the way through 2012. Now, obviously, I don't think there's a wrong choice here because this is, of course, Brian's decision on who he felt was the right man for this. But I want to know, is there anything else you guys like to share about it? Were you surprised? Is, uh, I just want to know your thoughts in general. And Will, since you're uh, making your debut, you get to go first, man. Wow, what an honor. Uh, so I think everyone kind of was maybe a little sticker shocked when they saw that Lovey Smith wasn't the guy. And that's because everyone kind of expects the big name to be the presenter. But the thing that you people don't really understand is all the interactions that go on within a football team throughout the season. And I can say this through my personal experience on a team just because uh, just because you play really well for a defensive coordinator that you've had a really successful defense. You know, personally, your statistics have been really good. You maybe have a better relationship with your sole position coach or maybe another position coach on the defense. So you never get to know those really small, minute relationships within a team. So I don't think it's too big of a surprise, especially that it's his own position group coach. But, you know, it's definitely interesting. Nonetheless, you get a little bit more of a view into what Brian's relationships were with coaches while he was in Chicago. Sure, exactly. No doubt about it. And how about you, B? What's your thoughts on uh, Brian and Bob Babbage? So many Bs there. Alliteration. Yes. Uh, I was I was surprised, kind of like Will said, just kind of like, why isn't it Lovey Smith? But then you really kind of think about it, and this is a guy with Bob Babbage that Brian Urlacher worked with pretty much on a day-to-day basis. They have, I'm pretty sure they have a good personal, intimate relationship uh, with each other and know each other probably pretty well. So I, that makes sense that it's a fit that he chose Bob Babbage. Sure. Nick, anything further you would like to add? No, only that uh, Erlacher he did consider Lovey Smith, so it's not like it was just a clear cut choice. It was he had a tough decision to make, but I mean, there's a bunch of guys that influenced him that he worked with throughout his entire career, and it's 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 the right choice. I mean, it's a guy your position group, someone he's worked with for nine years, including obviously a 2005 year who was Defense Player of the Year. So, yeah, it's a good choice for him. All right. Good stuff there, guys. So up next, we're going to go ahead and have a discussion on the five most crucial moves Chicago has made this offseason. But before we do, I need to take a quick time out and tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last minute deal, planning a night out with friends, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. 
There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. As you know, all the Bears brothers have the SeatGeek apps on our phones, and it's by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. We can be anywhere, and just with a few taps, instantly find some seats. I actually just use SeatGeek to look at you know more baseball tickets because, hey, MLB season, it's here. It's in the thick of it. I mean, it's only been a week, but you know what I mean. But no matter where you live around the country, there's definitely a baseball team near you. And if you root for here in Chicago, Cubs or Sox, uh, definitely check out their schedules and find a game that best fits, of course, uh, your schedule as well. But SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And the best part of all is that our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All righty. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Little Wit, joined by my Bears Brothers, Brandon Hazlett, Nicholas Moriano, and other Will Ingles. And we're going to go ahead and take a look at the Bears' best moves of the offseason. And let's go ahead and start with number one. General Manager Ryan Pace's extension through 2021. At the time, some were baffled that Chicago extended him due to his 14-34 and 34 record. But in reality, without having him secured for the long term, can we honestly say that the remaining offseason moves would have been possible? What do you guys think? Nick, I'm going to let you begin. No, I mean, honestly, uh, at first you're, you question it. But now, uh, with everything that Ryan Pace has done in this offseason, yeah, it makes sense why they were able to get those things done. It's a smart move because now you have Matt Nagy, who signed, I believe it was a five-year contract or somewhere around there. I think it's a year shorter than uh, Nagy's now. But now you have those two connected throughout, you know, hopefully their entire career or this at least this contract uh, with the Bears. So the extension, I think, was vital into what pace was able to do this offseason you see that you have um you know uh just an established gm there now you go get your head coach you have those guys that are con- going to be connected for a little bit of time so it made sense that the, the bears gave him that extension exactly in the nfl you hear the term marriage a ton and i want to know guys like how important is it for chicago to have their general manager their head coach and quarterback locked up tied together for the same term because for me i think it just gives that franchise uh, right a window where they need to become contenders with everybody on board with this plan you know it really helps with the culture and the team's vision but well i want to know like how important is it to have those three guys which i believe are probably the most three guys in every franchise to have them locked up for the same term Absolutely. I mean, every major, you know, quarterback, coach, GM combo are usually teams that are going to be vying for the playoffs for decades at a time. I mean, you have your Peyton Manning, his head coach changed a little bit little about that point, but the general manager often stayed in place there. You obviously have Belichick, Brady, and Belichick kind of gets to be the GM too. So that's a little bit of cheating, but you get the point with that is that if you have all three working within the the same mindset and the same philosophy, it makes things so much easier overall. Mm-hmm, no doubt. And Brandon, I know you've been Mr. Patience. You've been preaching patience ever since you and I started this podcast back in 2015. Uh, having Ryan Pace here for a longer term, not having to worry uh, about his job security, at least right away now, uh, how important do you think that is for him as he continues to build this team through the draft? Oh, it's absolutely important. Because if you remember when he first came in, he had like older guys on the roster, like Jared Allen flashback. And, you know, now he's overhauled all that into this young, talented roster that just keeps improving every year. And it would be tough on an organization, uh, most notably the Bears, uh, just to start over with a new GM after everything that he's done. He's really brought in some really, really good talent. And like we talked about last week, the Bears have been in a lot of games. So the talent is there. And he's, you know, he's brought in a lot. I mean, he's going to strike out on some, but he's hit on a lot as well. And continuity in the, in the front office is just as important as continuity 
with the players on the field. Got to be able to consistently bring in talent and build through the draft like he's doing so far. I think another year, another solid draft. I mean, the Bears are really going places in a very good direction quickly here. There we go. Are you still being patient, or do you think this is the the window has officially opened to start winning some ball games, like stringing together six, seven, eight, nine win seasons here? No, I think the I think the window is definitely open. Uh, I mean, there's still going to be some kinks to figure out with Matt Nagy, who we're going to talk about shortly. I'm not going to tell you where he's at on the list because that's your job. Uh, but with with Nagy, and I've got a reason behind that, and with Ryan Pace, just all that continuity, the door has definitely opened up. There we go. Well, let's go ahead and move on to number two, and with a drum roll, please. There we go. It is the hiring of Matt Nagy. So yeah, there we go. I didn't have to wait too long to get to him. But during the coaching search, there were a handful of coaches being considered by the Bears, including but not limited to John DeFilippo, which I'm glad I don't have to say that name on this podcast each and every time. Uh, Josh McDaniels. And of course, the Bears went with Nagy. And since I believe he's proven, at least with his words, his attitude and his mindset that we got the right man for the job. And I understand that we still need to wait and see the results on the field. But I want to know, do you guys second this? Do you believe he was the right hire looking back in hindsight nick yeah i believe so even though i did a podcast by myself where i didn't have him as my top three candidates he's definitely qualified to to run this organization he's doing a great job of it i mean when you think about it these free agents that the bears got trey burn allen robson taylor gabriel they came because of matt Nagy's offense they want to play in this and that's great to have we didn't have that last season teams straight away from the bears because they were afraid of the head coach whether he's gonna get fired or not which he did then just the offense that was being run by dow Loggins. now you have matt Nagy, which you know players want to play for that they, they love the versatility there and he knows i even though this is his first head coaching job he's doing everything the right way you bring in uh retain your we're going to talk about vic fangio in a little bit but you retain a veteran guy to help him run this organization you bring in brad childress other guys like that to help you run this organization for the first go around so yeah matt Nagy's definitely qualified and i'm glad he's here well i know we haven't had you on the show yet this off season i uh, i know you've written about it a little bit but what are your thoughts on Nagy? right guy for the job or is there someone else that you still considering at this point i doubt it right you know i was i was grappling it was kind of a 1a and 1b and de filippo was my 1a at the time but it's crazy when you look in hindsight of all the things that would have changed if they went with de filippo instead because of the fact that the uh, philadelphia eagles went to the super bowl so this staff that the bears have established between helfrich and and everyone else on that offense that, you know, it was just signing after signing, after signing, after name, after name, after name of a great staff that they brought together. That staff doesn't happen if you wait through the Super Bowl. I mean, you saw the teams that had to wait on guys that were in the Super Bowl. I mean, Josh McDaniels and the Colts. I mean, that was a disaster and they didn't have anyone else to turn to. I mean, they have to go to Frank Reich, the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, which was a name that was hot really early in the year, but then really fell flat when everyone kind of find out that, Filippo was the guy who was really making things tick for that offense. So when you look at everything going right, I mean, if you believe in fate, Nagy is the man that was fated to the Bears. And, I, and I'm really excited to see how that plays out. Yeah, I think everybody listening is as well. Like you said, fate. And I just love how much, uh, going back to our first one, Ryan Pace, just how much these two have seemed to hit it off ever since they've really, pretty much since they met. If you go back to the Adam John story that came out last week, which is just phenomenal, by the way. Check it out if you haven't. But uh, Brandon, I know you said you had some stuff on Nagy that you wanted to bring up. So I'm going to go ahead and let you just dive right in. Yes, this is more of a comparison, something I really thought about, kind of comparing like, so first of all, if you're, new to the podcast welcome and you need to know that i'm a day hard purdue football fan no you don't graduated from there yeah 
Uh, so what what Purdue what happened to Purdue football uh, from my freshman year to my senior year when I was there? The Boilermakers went nine and thirty three under Coach Daryl Hazel. He was very much John Fox like, just very predictable, stagnant offense. Didn't really put up very many points. And then for my extra semester that I needed there at Purdue, they had a coaching change. Brought in Jeff Brom from Western Kentucky, who led the FBS in points per game. Very highly touted offensive mind, similar to Matt Nagy. Uh, so now, even after going seven and six last year, there's just so much hype around this Purdue football team, uh, including the Foster Farmers Bowl win there. Uh, like I said, there's just a lot of hype around it. And Brom, he's just really brought all this excitement and fun to the team. Uh, if you go to their Twitter page, they've been micing up the players. They're just out there having a lot of fun with each other, having a lot of fun playing football. The spread offense that has worked so well and it's put up a lot of points. Because he's able to scheme and get guys open, that builds a lot of confidence for guys to make plays. And it also makes it easy for players to want to play for him. Uh, for example, Elijah Sindelar, uh, the quarterback, he played the last three games on a torn ACL we just found out last week, including the bowl victory, because he just really wanted to play for Jeff Brom in the system. Just because it's so much fun, it's so easy to go and make plays, and because he instills that confidence in them to go and do that. Uh, so as a result, uh, the offense and defense have played better because when they see plays being made, it creates that energy for others to want to do the same. And when the coaches bring that energy, kind of sounds like Matt Nagy's doing, it's really all just going to work out for the best. And hopefully this comparison comes out to be true. Yeah, no, that was a really good comparison, and I hate admitting that as an IU alum. <laughs> uh, a Purdue football comparison it was actually a good one, no, but you made a lot of valid points in terms of uh, just how much players want to play for the guy. And you can already tell that players are excited about Coach Negi, and they talked about it, a lot of the free agents that we're going to talk about here in a little bit as well. So, you know, when they first had a conversation with him, like, oh, wow, this guy gets it. He knows how to be a head coach in his league. He knows how to instill a fun culture in a locker room. And that's something that I want to be a part of, which for me is huge, of course. I know you, people listening as well would definitely agree. But, Nick, I want to know, what's the one aspect of Coach Negi that has you, quote-unquote, what I'm calling sold? Sold, I mean, I think just the offense, because again, we have seen the Bears not being able to move the ball so many times in, you know, the past couple of years where they just can't score. They just, there's nothing about the offense that excites you this season. It's going to look completely different. A 180, just in terms of what they're going to do, just spread the ball around, get the guys. You're going to have Jordan Howard, Tree Cohen on the field. Just what this offense can bring Chicago. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like. We have an idea. Probably some something similar to what Philadelphia would kind of do, but it's exciting to know that the Bears will be able to put up points. That if a team, if the defense isn't you know doing their job one game, hey, it's time for the offense to go out there, and we don't have to feel in in like shock that they're scoring points. It's it's going to be exciting to see. You know, it really is. And uh, real quick, Will, I know you play defense, but I want to know having an offensive-minded head coach come in and bring this kind of excitement. How can that still motivate someone on defense? Well, I can tell you watching the Bears all this year, uh, trust me, as much of, as defenders like to go out and play and hit, they don't like being out on the field for, you know, 10 play drives to go back to the sideline and then watch your offense properly go three and out uh, and then repeat the process over and over again. That's not fun. Um, so to have an offense, after, especially after, you know, the, the trials and tribulations that has been the John Fox era, I trust me, I guarantee you that defense is hyped and psyched. Guys like Akeem Hicks aren't going to be playing 90 snaps a game because they are just going to be out there over and over again. You know, he's going to be fresh. He's going to be juiced up to go after the passer. It's going to be a great lift for a defense that, like we said, is talented. But no matter how talented you are, you get worn down throughout the course of a game. So having an offensive minded head coach that, you know, will keep uh, the time of possession more within your favor. Trust me, that's going to lift the defense. No doubt, Nick. Did you have something to add? I saw you wagging your finger or are you just agreeing? I'm just agreeing. I think that's completely I mean, that that was the 
fault of the defense. They were out on the field so much last season, and now that they'll get a break, they're just going to be refreshed throughout the entirety of the season. Akeem Hicks is not going to just have a great first half. He's going to have a great season, so I'm super excited about that. Well, and it wasn't just last year. I mean, it was old John Fox era. The Mm -hmm. defense was out there way too much. Yeah, very true. So it's going to be exciting. Yeah, exciting indeed. A fresh defense, an offense that can move the ball, sustain drives, not be like second last in league in time of possession. Things are looking up in Chicago, but yeah, it goes with number one. Ryan Pace coming here, number two now, Coach Nagy. So let's go ahead and take a look at number three, and it's going to be the signing of Allen Robinson. And heading into free agency, everybody and their mothers knew that the Bears desperately need Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Needed a playmaker at receiver and a dangerous threat on the outside. Robinson, he fits both of those attributes to a T, and he was probably the best part of what appears to be a pretty decent, or if not, I don't want to say great yet until it's all said and done, but at least on paper, this is a great free agency class. I want to know, and Nick, I'm going to let you begin, why does the Allen Robinson pick trump the rest? And it's like a Trey Burton, a Taylor Gabriel. Like, Why is the Robinson signing the marquee signing? Well, it's because now Trubisky has a true number one receiver. Now this is not Trubisky throwing to a bunch of number threes. This is Allen Robinson, who's an ascending receiver. Yes, he had a torn ACL last season, played one, played in one game. But you have a guy who can make plays, who can go get up, get that jump ball. And you would hope, being a a a guy who's been in the league for four years now, and now Trubisky going into year two, a guy that you can just count on. This is a guy that's going to make, and Allen Robinson said it, he wants to make Mitch Trubisky's job easy. And that's the big thing. If he can help Trubisky in any way, which he will, that's just going to make this offense better, make this team better. So Allen Robinson's the key signing here because, again, now Trubisky has that number one. He has someone to throw to. And we'll see how that chemistry develops over this course of this off or this offseason and into the you know preseason and then the season. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I want to play devil's advocate, which is Brandon's favorite game. But what if he goes to Green Bay? What kind of gloom and doom situation? What did that have been? Because I think it's fair to say if that happened, we wouldn't be nearly as high on this offense's potential as we are right now. B, would you agree? Uh, yes and no, because if he goes to Green Bay, I'm pretty confident in Prince of Mukamara and Kyle Fuller to shut him down. So then it'd be like, well, we didn't need him anyway. <laughs> but in terms of our offense, though, if we didn't have yes. Allen Robinson, that true number one, would we you still be kind of worried about the direction uh, that this offense is heading, at least in terms of having a true number one receiver? Oh, absolutely. Especially because as far as I know, the Bears still haven't signed Cam Meredith to a deal yet. I know he's been out looking at other teams. Uh, so despite, you know, even if we're in that same situation where except if the bears didn't sign Allen Robinson and the bears still can't sign Cam Meredith. Uh, yeah. Then I'm, then I'm absolutely very worried. Sure. No doubt. And will over to you, your thoughts overall on the Allen Robinson signing and why it's on earth uh, third on our list right now. Well, because the signing of Allen Robinson absolutely changes everything. We kind of mentioned earlier that now Trubisky will have a true number one receiver to, th- to throw to. And, and that changes everything throughout the course of an offense. It's kind of like last year where the only viable option on offense was Jordan Howard out of the backfield. So then you're it's really easy as a defense to be able to scheme to that. It's an eight-man box, and at that point, if 
as a defender, uh, they're going to say, well, if they play action, there's already eight of you up there. They can't block all of you. Just rush the passer because John Fox's schemes a lot of the times uh, relied on like a five-step drop. So it was like, well, I guess we just haven't engaged eight on Madden and we're going to sack him most of the time because his progression's too long. So when you have that number one receiver that you know can win a one-on-one battle, which is exactly what a run-heavy defense will set you up with, you know that's a, that's a that's something that a defense will have to adjust to because Allen Robinson can win a lot of those. Uh, in a free agency preview I wrote uh, on the site earlier in March, uh, just to give an idea of the volume of production that Robinson can bring, he had 1,400 yards receiving. I want to say in 2015. And the Bears receivers, not including tight ends and running backs, they totaled in 2017 1,416 yards combined. So so the difference that Allen Robinson can bring in regards to a volume and production level is just insane to think about. It's something the Bears have not had since uh, 2013 between uh, Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, and Jay Cutler firing on old cylinders. And I don't think we ever got to see the completely realized dream of that because Cutler would get hurt. Josh McCown kind of made the dream happen for one game uh, against Dallas on Monday Night Football, which was a dream come true for one game. But this is something, like we said, with the combination of Ryan Pace and Nagy and Trubisky and now Robinson, this is something we could see some sustained success on offense for years to come. And that's that's a thing of beauty for Bears fans that haven't seen that happen perhaps really ever in the modern era. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think I wrote about it in my uh, article about the relationship between Nagy and Trubisky, that we haven't had a special uh, relationship between a head coach and a quarterback since probably uh, George Hallis and Sid Luckman. It's been that long, and I mean, that just goes to show just how starving we are here in Chicago for something like that. Uh, So before we move on to number four, Nick, is Jordan Howard still a bear? I want to make sure. Uh, he's still a bear for for now, but we'll see as the podcast <laughs> continues. All right. I just had to check in. I mean, at this point, I mean, any minute, any minute. All right. So moving on to number four, keeping the defense intact. And that includes, but not limited to, retaining Fangio, his entire, well, the majority of his staff, Kyle Fuller, Prince of Mukamara, et cetera. Last season, the Bears finished 10th in total defense and 9th in points allowed. Under Vic Fangio, the defense improved every season over the last three years as he's taken the unit from 30th to one that has placed into the top 10. One worry many fans, including myself, had when the whole coaching change was underway was whether or not that the defensive improvement would be blown up in the process. But astutely, Ryan Pace and Coach Nagy ensured that was not the case. Now, the defense gets a chance to build upon what they've already been working on for a few years now, and with some offensive help, they are expected to continue improving. Kind of like we mentioned a few moments ago, but guys, I want to know how important, in your opinion, is to maintain continuity on defense. Do you feel like that if the defense had to start all over with a new defensive coordinator, that this team would have maybe taken a couple steps backward, at least uh, early on? B, how about you? First of all, I like the word astutely. Well done. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, we talked about this earlier with continuity with Ryan Pace. Uh Bringing back Vic Fangio, this was a top 10 defense last year. They keep all the core pieces, including all the four starters in the secondary. I, I really think that this defense is just going to keep climbing. I think maybe top five. Whoa, maybe top five. That's that's bold, but I like it. I'm not going to complain. How about you, Nick? Why is retaining all of these pieces on defense is so big, so huge for these Bears? You guys said about the continuity, but think about it. this is a new offense coming into 2018. So you're going to need your defense to probably step it up. You know, there's no way that the bears are going to have everything in sync by week one, probably 
throughout the first four weeks. It's just not going to happen. That's just not how a new regime works. It could, but it's just not likely. So you want your defense to be at a high level. And they were a top 10 defense last year. Give them a few more playmakers. Vic Fangio comes back. Uh, you know, guys are healthy now at the start of the season. Now they can probably, you know, you know, just keep teams at the lower end of scoring. So then that offense doesn't feel pressured to go out and score 20, 30 points a game, which then I don't even think happened like last year at all. But it's important because now that defense, which was, you know, pretty good last year, it, it's coming back with, you know, a lot of the same guys that are on that unit. And if they play at a high level in the beginning of the season, the offense can have time to catch up. So that's why it's so important to have that continuity there. Mm -hmm, exactly. No doubt about it. And Will, something that I don't think is mentioned too much in terms of how, uh, at least when I'm listening to sports talk, especially between uh, coaches and players, is the trust factor. I think it's a very underrated aspect of the game. And as a player, as a linebacker, I want to know like, how important is trust for players to work with coaches that they trust year in and year out without having to start all over from scratch? How can that benefit this Bears defense this year? I can tell you, especially between linebackers and safeties who are going to have to diagnose so much of a play and so much of their keys is that when you have a coaching staff that breaks it down, you know, what your keys will be week by week, you know, what everyone's tells will be when you, when you trust what your defensive coordinator and defensive staff is staying, saying to keep an eye on uh, a very common phrase in football is that you play fast when you know what the hell you're doing. And when a defensive coordinator can instill that trust into a team, it a makes them play a lot faster. And that trust factor between not only the player and the coach, but also the players that all of them know what each other are doing based on the game plan and how they have that relationship with their coach. It changes everything. And that makes them play fast and it makes them play violent. And I think we really saw that come to fruition this past season. And now they just need to keep on building with that and with probably a lot less time of possession and a lot fewer snaps. Uh, so it's going to be a thing of beauty as this continues forward. Do you think that the continuity, especially maybe in the secondary, now being in the same system, guys like, especially like Prince Mukamara, who is now going to be in the second year here, uh, Kyle Fuller, who's going to be in a second year coming back from injury, do you anticipate maybe more turnovers to come? I know it's hard to really expect that or predict that, but now being in the same system, being able to, like you said, understand keys, being able to play a little bit more loosely instinctually, do you see that at least translating to more turnovers come 2018? You know, between Prince and Kyle Fuller, that's a hard one to project. The The real X factor I see being in the turnover battle is going to be Eddie Jackson. And I think Eddie Jackson is a player that Vic Fangio will get his hands on and he is going to teach to have that killer instinct. I think we saw a lot of times this previous season, he was close on a lot of plays and sometimes he he was there. He just didn't finish that final execution. I think we especially see Eddie Jackson really hone in on his skills, his technique and execution. And we're going to see a lot of those really close plays become real plays and turnovers and takeaways. I think he's the player to watch for sure. Kyle Fuller, I think we've seen in the past, he's able to make those types of plays. I, I'm not sure if we're going to see a big uptick in takeaways, turnovers from the corner specifically. But like I said, Eddie Jackson, the guy I'm keeping my eye on the secondary and that continuity, I think will be huge for him as a young player. Awesome. I hey, Nick. See more. Nick. I, was say, I hope yeah. we see more turnovers because, I mean, Cal Fuller led the league in almost interceptions, I think, was our stat we had last year. Almost interceptions. I like it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was just going to ask Nick real quick. Is Jordan Howard still a bear? Yeah, uh, apparently, I, I'm looking at his Twitter now to see if uh, anything's changed with that. I, I don't know. But uh, I'm still I'm just watching it now. I'm, like, just staring. <laughs> if I'm looking down, it's, I'm looking at Twitter to see something happen. But he's still a bear for now. All right. Sounds good. Had a check. 
All right, let's, let's move on to number five, guys, and it is overhauling the team's strength and conditioning program. Over the last two seasons, the Bears have had more injuries than any other team. In fact, if you look at Football Outsiders' adjusted game loss numbers, it's just honestly baffling. Over the last two years, the Bears have led the league with 276 games lost. And two years ago, it, they had 158 games lost, which is still a record, at least according to them. And for those wondering, what the heck is adjusted games lost? I'm glad you asked. It's an equation that adds up games missed due to injuries but it does take into account starters versus say like backup so in short the bears lost a ton of starters which hey we already known that but obviously former strength and conditioning coach jason george was not getting the job done after 49 players ended up on ir over three seasons and so the bears went with a different direction as they hired jason loco Local Alzo. Again, I'm glad I don't get paid to pronounce names. If so, I would be a very poor man. But he's coming from Washington State, and he's here to hopefully find the cure for this Bears injury bug. Now, of course, we need to be patient. We need to wait and see if the results are, in fact, what we're hoping for. But I think every fan can agree that we're at least making an effort, making change in the department is a step in the right direction. So, Will, I know you had some insight on how the Bears injuries over the last three years were a direct result of some overtraining. Do you care to share that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a little bit of this is some some research that Aaron Lemming, a good friend of the show, has done as well. He had uh, he had a little piece on this uh, about midseason. So it's been fun to see how kind of some projections that he made were uh, were taken to fruition. But if he broke down the numbers for the previous three seasons, so 2012 through 2014 and compared them to the John Fox era, you mentioned 49 players on IR in the John Fox era. It was 23 in the three seasons before that. So the numbers to some extent are undeniable. I mean, yes, football is a violent game. People will get hurt, but that is a number that is a lot of times can be attributed to overtraining because fluke muscle tears. I mean, there were two torn pecs between uh, Nick Kwiatkowski and Jarrell Freeman this previous season, and then Willie Young tore his triceps. Those aren't oopsie daisies, I moved a little bit wrong and I tore my triceps. Those are direct results from your muscles being overtrained. And this isn't just on George, this is also on John Fox, because it's not just everyone wants to think of overtraining, it's okay, you lifted incorrectly, you did too much lifting. This also includes your conditioning and how you practice. And between the two, I want to say I'm pretty sure that John Fox and uh, Jason George were together in Denver for a long time as well. So the injury bug followed with them, too, because they were a top team in injuries when they were in Denver. And that trend continued in Chicago. I think they still adhere to a very archaic form of training which, you know, it's it's old school. You're going to work your butt off and you're going to be better because of it. But in today's society and all the technology that we've come up with, we understand that that just isn't the way anymore. You got to work efficiently. And that is just something that, uh, that obviously had passed by uh, Fox and George. And like you said, we can't know for sure that the, that the new trainers will do anything different in the new athletic training staff. But like like you said, Ryan Pace saw that there was a major problem and he's decided to change it. And, and that's, that's huge, no matter what the new staff and what the new system is, but those kinds of injuries that they had, I mean, I know the soft tissue injuries are a little bit skewed because, you know, Alshon Jeffrey was on the team in 2015 and, and 2016. So that's about, you know, five soft tissue injuries per, per year for both of those. So I know that skews the numbers a little bit, but overall those are preventable injuries. And that's something I would expect this new staff to come in and address wholeheartedly. Yeah, there we go. There we go. All right, Nick, how about you? Do you, I, again, we can't really speculate how this is going to change things, but I want to know, like, are you at least excited that they made the change? I mean, it made our list for a reason, right? 
Oh yeah, I mean it makes sense why they they had to get it done. And I looked into the the cap hit from the number of players on IR for each team. We had a significant amount just last season, twenty seventeen, to over twenty three million dollars worth of money was sitting on the bench was not able to play for the Bears. So that's you know some significant players. So it, it made sense because the Bears were always riddled with injuries each and every season when John Fox was the head coach, and we just need to have our playmakers on the field. Imagine having Leonard Floyd or you know, at times, Pernell McPhee on the field to go rush the quarterback. We, the, the Bears were down to their fourth and fifth outside linebackers. So the the change needed to make, be made, and I'm glad it is. We'll see if it actually works out, but it, it's just something that has been. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Building the Bears ever since John Fox got here in Chicago. Yeah, it was like a thorn in our side of watching our playmakers for the last three years be on the sideline more than they were actually on the field. So obviously uh, doing whatever you can to keep your best players on the field as much as possible. It's going to be huge for the, not just the short term, but also the long-term success of this team. It's kind of hard to build chemistry with their starters going down left and right. I'm really on both sides of the ball, but uh, Brandon, anything else you want to kind of add in here with the strength and conditioning? Yeah. I want to correct Nick. You said it's been an injury problem since John Fox came, but it's really been an injury problem since Lamar Houston sacked Jimmy G when we were being blown out by the Patriots, whenever that was. So I just wanted to throw that out there. All right. It's all Lamar's fault, at least according to Brandon. <laughs> all right, guys. So we just went through the top five. But again, this has been an offseason that has just been cluttered with really strong moves by our Bears. So I think it's appropriate if we go ahead and go around the horn and each share an honorable mention. And B, I'm going to go right back to you. What's your honorable mention? Uh, signing Taylor Gabriel, because with Allen Robinson, who, I mean, like I said, with Jeff Brom at Purdue, uh, similar to Matt Nagy, he's going to scheme his guys open, and Allen Robinson's going to be able to make plays outside of being able to be schemed open. Uh, but Taylor Gabriel is going to be able to open up the playbook even more because now you can't necessarily double team Allen Robinson if Tariq Cohen's maybe going to be in the slot as well as Taylor Gabriel being on the outside because he can be that kind of receiver. Maybe we have, you know, Taylor Gabriel and Tariq Cohen possibly in the slots. I mean, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this offense sets up. And even if Taylor Gabriel's production isn't all that much, he opens up the playbook in a lot of different ways. Yeah, exactly. No doubt. Not sleeping on turbo whatsoever. Nick, how about you? What's your honorable mention? I like the Brad Childress signing because the Bears are all new to this offense. Everyone uh, from Mitch Trubisky to now Taylor Gabriel is going to have to learn it. And with Brad Childress being the offensive consultant, in case Nagy now, who is not just an offensive coordinator, he's the head coach of his team. He has more responsibilities than just teaching everyone the offense. He has to you know, monitor the entire team. Childress is a guy who can, you know, help out, you know, especially Trubisky, learn everything that needs to be known about this offense. So I think that's a very, um, I guess, undervalued uh, signing, but one that's really going to play dividends as the season goes on. Yep, exactly. Good stuff there with Brad and Will. Over to you. What's your honorable mention? 
You know, there's a, like you said, there's a lot of possible people to put here, but I'm going to go with Aaron Lynch. Uh, he is someone we mentioned a lot about the continuity with Vic Fangio coming back. He is someone who experienced a lot of success under Fangio in San Francisco. The last couple of seasons have been either injury ridden or unproductive. I think uh, this reunion is going to be very good at a position of great need for Chicago. So I would definitely uh, look out for Aaron Lynch to be one of the better signings out of this class, which, like we said, is pretty stacked. Yeah, I mean, that would be great if so. I think we can get something out of him more than we've seen over the last couple of years in San Francisco. That's going to be huge. And, of course, it's cap-friendly, at least right now for this season. And for me, guys, my honorable mention, it's going to be the signing of both backup quarterbacks, Chase Daniel and Tyler Bray. And we've talked about this a little bit on previous episodes, but these two moves, you know, they shouldn't go overlooked. Both know Nagy's system, the verbiage, the progressions of each play. And I think they're going to significantly expedite Trubisky's learning curve. And I want to remember, they just got the playbook on Tuesday. And you better believe that they're already kind of beginning what I'm going to call, and hopefully, a little study group. Daniel said he's also known to be the smartest quarterback in any room he's ever been a part of. He was with Drew Brees last year, so let that sink in uh, just for a moment. Plus, the young players are always going to ask a teammate before they reach out to coaches. So for Trubisky, he's going to have some quality years to bend all offseason and, of course, during the regular season. And these two, there are also going to be some extra rise during games who can help him overcome mistakes, help him exploit mismatches, and they're also going to help during game weeks as they prepare for each opponent. So there are just so many ways that these two are going to help our franchise quarterback. And I could keep going on and on and on, but I'm going to stop here because I think everybody gets the picture. All right. So we know Chicago, the offseason is not done. We're only sitting here in the very first week of April. There's still moves yet to be made. So I want to know what's one move on your mind that you really hope comes to fruition before it's all said and done to help complete this puzzle. And Nick, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, they got to resign Cameron Meredith. Uh, that's a guy that I wrote a you know a long column on saying what he where he plays best at, where he can be productive at. In this offense where they uh, utilize players, utilize receivers that can really uh, have good route running abilities. That's what Cameron Meredith does best. He's a really good route runner, can get open. In this system, he, he'd flourish in it. He just has to be here. So I want the Bears to really resign him because if they don't, that just means Kevin White, who's a guy that we all know has not been on the field. And if he if Cameron Meredith's not there, that steps everybody up a little bit. Now you're depending on Ke- uh, Kevin White, who to have a bigger role than what he's supposedly going to have right now, being most likely that fourth receiver right now. So Cameron Meredith is a guy that I really want to see the Bears resign. There you go. Mine's actually a couple of re-signings as well. I really hope the Bears find a way to extend both Adrian Amos and Eddie Goldman because each of their contracts are set to expire next offseason. And I think really any huge breakout year for either of them, it's, I mean, of course, it's only going to drive the price up. And both have been Pace's best two picks from that first draft as GM. Pace has said time and time again, he wants to string together good drafts. And a part of that equation is, of course, retaining those players that you drafted. So I think doing so now is not only going to be better for the long-term health for both the defense, but also the salary cap. And of course, that's just ever important as we go through uh, more years building this roster that we've been uh, kind of going through here since Pace has entered. But uh, Will, I'm going to go over to you. What's your honorable, honorable mention? That was the last segment. What's your next move that you hope the Bears make? You know, I'm going to go a little off the beaten path here. Uh, We talked about Benny Cunningham being a good re-sign, and I still think he is. But he has never in his career had to really sustain a lot of reps as a running back since his time in the NFL, even with the Rams, uh, and especially not with the Bears this season. What do you say, nine carries? 
The Bears really need someone who can step in and be the be a backup running back should Jordan Howard go down. Because as we all know, he is a very physical runner. He has dealt with injuries in the past. He's been able to stay on the field. But you can't count on that with a running back that plays like Jordan Howard. And he has a ton of mileage on him after just two years. You, I don't think it's unfair to say that he could probably miss four games this season. I don't think that's an unfair projection. So you have to have someone who can really sustain that load. Tariq Cohen is way too small to take 10 to 15 carries for four straight games. I think he might break in half. And I don't think Cunningham, I don't think Cunningham has proved that he can really do that either, especially with the variety that Nagy likes to have in his offense. So the guy that I propose to fill that void would be Charles Sims. Uh, he used to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's currently a free agent. And anyone who has made it through the free agency period this long is not going to have a massive price tag attached. It's not like this is going to be a big investment. His best season was 2015. He had uh, 107 carries for 529 yards. and He had 51 receptions for 561 yards and four touchdowns. He is a guy who is a really versatile running back. He allows you to do everything you want to do. He is reliable out of the backfield. He catches 73% of his targets. Uh, he is, uh, he's caught 129 career passes out of 177 targets. He's a four yard, uh, four yard per carry kind of running back. When he gets opportunities, he's able to deliver. And that's exactly what Chicago needs if Jordan Howard goes down. And that's not exactly a position you want to address mid season. And as of right now, we don't even know if Jordan Howard's going to be making it to the regular season here in Chicago. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Nick, is he still on the team? You know, he's still on the team, but we'll wait and see. <laughs> It's been almost an hour, so we're doing good. We're doing good. What about you, B? What's the move that you are hoping to see uh, come to fruition? Uh, it's a couple moves, actually. It's really just trying to solidify the pass rushers, whether it be on the defensive line or an edge rusher. Uh, Coney Ely will. I know this is a guy that you and I had uh, talked about a couple podcasts ago, uh, I guess before free agency guys we had on our radar. And I'm not saying that he's going to be the guy that the Bears need, uh, just kind of a name drop because he's young. He's 26. And he played well at the Jets last season for a little bit of a stretch, and then he kind of dropped off. Uh, but, I mean, the Bears need a veteran pass rusher somewhere. Uh, and I think that would be very uh, very well paired with a guy in the draft who, when I put my mock draft out, hopefully soon, uh, I would like to have gotten it done tonight. But with my toe, I'm not exactly sure. i got to go somewhere to get it looked at. Uh, but whenever that mock draft drops, uh, I've got a guy in my fourth round uh, as a pass rusher that could be definitely looked at as a, a young viable option uh, paired with a good veteran to be able to grow a little bit quicker. Uh, and so that would solidify the the pass rusher position uh, in a couple ways for the short term and the long term as well. All right. Good stuff there. And gosh, you had me worried about your toe too. So hopefully that all checks out. <laughs> uh, we'll definitely keep everyone listening updated on the toe situation, but guys, we're down to our final segment today, and it's time to take a few minutes to answer some questions submitted by Bears fans before the show. And of course, for those watching live, we like to cater to you as well. So if you're taking in the chat, send your questions right now because Nick's going to be keeping an eye on those, and he's going to share one of those at the end of this segment. So the first question comes from DJ, and he says, since I don't think the Bears have truly given up on Kevin White, what kind of role do you think Nagy implements for him in the offense this season? Nick, I want to go to you because you already talked about Kevin a little bit. And if we had to rely on him, what kind of role would that be? Yeah, I mean, I think he is essentially right now, if Cameron Meredith is back on this team, probably that fourth receiver. So, And you got to also think Trey Burton's almost like a receiver, just a receiving tight end. So he's going to be on the field a lot. Um, it's it's kind of hard to speculate where Kevin White fits in this offense because coming out of college of West Virginia, he wasn't the best route runner. This is the offense that really... Uh, you know, caters to receivers that can route run. Hopefully in the 
the years that he's been in the NFL, hasn't done much. He's learned how to become more of a precise route runner. Uh, I don't like have any prediction on stats or anything, but again, if you know the Bears obviously need to go for a obvious passing down, need to get as much wide receivers on there, I would think that uh, Kevin White's going to be on the outside. You know, throw him on a deep route. He's still got that speed, you you would think, hopefully. But uh, it's hard to speculate because the Bears actually have playmakers. And, you know, if Kevin White has not learned how to precisely route run or is just not getting this offense, it, you know, everything's getting to him with all the injuries, he could be the odd man left out. And that would be sad to see, you know, being, you know, former number one or number one, not overall pick, but number first round pick. That is not ideal for, you know, Bears fans and Ryan Pace being his first pick. Yeah, no, exactly. It's it's a tough situation. We don't even know what to expect from Kevin White. We haven't. We don't know. We'll never know until we do know. And then usually it's never good news. <laughs> All right, so the next question is about another receiver on this Bears roster. And Brandon, I'm going to go to you. It comes from Eric and Johnny. Uh, both of them are asking about Tanner Gentry's odds of making the roster. Thoughts? Thanks. Uh, I mean, I wasn't very high on him. Uh, in the preseason last year when everyone else was, and he kind of flopped against Tampa Bay. Uh, it could just be due to inexperience. Uh, I really don't know. I mean, there's going to be a lot of competition, I think, from number two down. It's just going to be open competition just to see who fits where. And I don't know that Tanner Gentry is really on the on the same level because I think even Kevin White's above him. So I odds are slim, in my opinion. All right. Slim for Tanner Gentry, at least according to Brandon. And the next question, it comes from Joe, and he wants to know, who is the most ready to start back up on the team? If his name was called, who would be the most ready and who would play efficiently? Will, over to you. You know, I'm going to go with someone who might be fighting for a starting job. We don't exactly know how the guard position is going to play out, but he's been a career backup. Uh, Eric Cush is going to be my pick here. He is a guy who in the past has been a spot starter for Chicago, played really well in 2016 when his name was called. And he definitely had a significant injury uh, at the start of this year, held him out all of 2017. But it's been fun to be able to watch his rehab. He's definitely moving a lot of weight around. He's been really efficient in a lot of his movements. I definitely look at him for someone to come back. And if he's not in the starting spot, he is definitely going to be a backup that you feel good about putting in should someone go down. Yeah, there you go. I like that one too. Eric Cush, he's a very quality backup, and we'll see. He might actually end up earning himself a starting spot. All right, the next question comes from at Jack Jova on Twitter, and he asks, if Pace decides to, would you rather see him trade up or down from the eighth pick? And I'll go ahead and take this one. I'm going to say either, and here's the kicker. It depends on who who is Pace's top guy. If you can trade up to go get him, fine. I mean, I've known Pace is a guy with conviction, and if he has someone like Bradley Chubb that he wants to be that final piece on this defense to take it over the top, great. Do what you have to do to go ahead and get it done. But if he's if he has someone else who he knows he can kind of take in the teens, he can trade back, recoup some extra picks, maybe pick up a third rounder. We don't have one. I would like to have one if we can make that possible. I'm okay with that too. Whatever, honestly, I trust Ryan Pace, and I trust whatever his move would be. So if he can find his top guy and either uh, tra- have to trade up to get him, cool. If he has to trade back, we get some additional picks. I'm fine with that as well. If I if I was the GM, I trade back, gain some additional picks because I mean you can never have too many draft picks. And right now, every time I do a mock draft, and I do the first round, second round. And then have to go all the way to the fourth round. It kind of stings a little bit. I feel like we need someone in that third round. Uh, we have needs up front and offensive line, and of course the edge position, and of course we can supplement linebacker in the secondary. Uh, there's so many routes they can go. I mean, running back, we don't know. So again, uh, honestly, it depends on Ryan Pace. All right, Nick, what's your chat choice? That's a good question. Uh, we'll go with um, from okay, the Bears uh, asking, can Nick Kwiatkowski be a starter this season? 
I mean, absolutely right. I mean, he started in the past. He's started. He's been fine. He's solid. I mean, I've talked about it in terms of like Roquan Smith being an upgrade, but I don't think Nick Kowalski, uh being a starter should be anything to really worry about. Do you guys agree? Right. I agree. I'm more on the pessimistic side. Ooh. I have not. I have not seen enough from Quit to rely on him being a full time star at the NFL. I think he's a real liability in the pass game. You know, you have someone. When you, when you compare someone like Jarrell Freeman, who really can run that center of the field and really shut that down from crossers and so on, and then you put Quid in, it is a night and day difference. I'm not saying everyone can cover as well as Jarrell Freeman across the middle. He was very good at that. you know. But if you don't have Quit going forward, it's usually a bad sign. Ooh, look at that. I like it. Wow. A different perspective. But yeah, that's why I have Roquan Smith, at least in my first mock draft, because I love his coverage ability. He can be someone, like you said, who can lock down the middle of the field. People worry about his size, but in today's NFL, there's not many times where he needs to be standing in that box attacking downhill. He's going to be more asked to cover, and he can do it well. So that's why, personally, I do like Roquan Smith. But yeah, Kwiatkowski, a little bit of a liability in coverage. Nick, do you have anything to add or be? Any of you guys? Yeah, I, I like Kwiatkowski being a a starter because uh, last year, Akeem Hicks said week one press conference is something I said throughout the whole year, their number one priority is stopping the run. And if Kwiatkowski plays best downhill, I think Dan Trevathan plays decent enough coverage that he can kind of help cover Kwiatkowski if need to be. Uh, but I, I, I'm okay with Nick being a starter. Okay, Nick, there it is. You're a starter. Hey, I'm good with that. <laughs> no problem with that. All right, guys, any final thoughts before we head off? Will, it was really great having you on the show. It's been a lot of uh, anticipation. I've been trying to get some people on, but I was very happy uh, getting you on. I hope you had a good time, man. Yeah, it's been a blast. Love talking bears with you guys. Yeah, of course. Talking bears is always fun. But what about you, B, Nick, any final thoughts? Bear down. We, we have some breaking news. Uh-oh. Whoa. Jordan, Howard. Oh. Jordan Howard's still on the team. Oh, <laughs> you got me. You got me. My final thought. Um, I just want to mention that the bears are meeting with Roquan Smith and uh wide receiver from Indiana, Simi Cobbs jr. And I just want to point that out because of my mock draft, I had the Bears selecting both of them. doesn't mean anything. They're meeting with a lot of people, but I still think it's pretty damn cool. So that's, that's what, that's my final thought guys. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode of the bears brothers podcast. We really hope that you've enjoyed this week's show. We're going to be back next week with a couple special guests. Who are they? What are we going to discuss? You're going to find out soon. Yeah, I had to leave you hanging. And while you're waiting, I mean, you may as well just leave a review for a show over an Apple podcast slash iTunes. We're only 30 away from giving away that free Bears jersey of your choice. Don't forget to leave your Twitter handle and a review so we know how to contact you if you're chosen to be the winner. And if you listen elsewhere and you don't have an iTunes account, just leave a review over on our Facebook page and you're going to be included as well. There's over 30 of those on Facebook that I definitely have included in this giveaway. We're going to talk to you next week. Of course, if any breaking news, especially about Jordan Howard, uh, kind of comes out sooner, you'll definitely hear from us soon after. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. 
Get full offer details at Tempurpedic.com. 